Go Loud presents the Lennon Courtney podcast. One of the stats that they came up with was that 55% of convicted stalkers go on to reoffend compared to 29% among all other offenders. What happens in the law now, and it's going to be setting precedents, somebody gets a conviction of whatever that may be, however many years, and he's 55% likely, or she, to reoffend. Wow. I'm Sonia Lennon. And I'm Brendan Courtney and you're listening to the Lennon Courtney podcast. This week we're talking about the sliding scale of online stalking. We've all Googled someone we've just met, but online stalking is a far more serious matter. The same technology that is meant to make our lives easier and safer can now be used against us and potentially put us in harm's way. <laughs> Sounds like the start of Guard Patrol here now. <laughs> in this episode, we look at ways to keep us and our families and our loved ones safe. This is the Thinking Woman's Guide to stalking. So, I want to talk about stalking. <laughs> okay, that's, well, this episode was your idea. I, what, and, it's, and now you can't remember why you came up with it. I absolutely it. can because I didn't realise that people before they go on dates or I've been in a situation where I meet somebody and they, they're, while they're talking to you, they're stalking you on their phone. They're, and how it's happened is because we both, we, congratulations on your blue tick. Sonia's been verified. <laughs> oh my God. Teenagers can't help themselves. So I was on a holiday recently and they're all sitting around the table, this, this lovely English family, really nice people. And their eldest, who's 19, is on her phone and she's looking at me. And next of all, she goes, are you on Instagram? And I said, yeah. And what's your name? And I gave her my name. And next of all, she goes, mm. And I was like, oh, she's looking at me. She was like, have you a blue tick? And I thought, it's really funny. Right in front of me, she's Googling me, right? Funny. So, so, and I'd heard of people who do that before they go on a date. They have a little stalk. So what I use Instagram stories for is if I'm looking to contact you or you, I'll, go, I'll have a little look at your story and I'll get a sense of where you are. You could be on holiday or whatever, you know. So it's going, that's, a, that's a level or a, that's a tiny, delicate way of stalking people, right? You're not ringing them the same way. So where does research finish and stalking begin? Well, that's exactly it, right? So that's exactly it. So we go home now. No, no. But <laughs> friends of mine who've gone on dates have stalked the person's social media before they've met them. So they have an opinion. I would say that's a bad idea. Well, if I was going on to a meeting with a new client or something like that, I would have a little look. Have, I'd have a look at their LinkedIn profile. I'd see where they'd worked before. Where are the commonalities? Where are that's th- research? That's research, right? Yeah. So, is there a line between research for business or and then private private stuff? You know, people stalk because I think if you so say we we're, we're going on a date and you looked up something and you stumbled across a picture of me in drag or me falling down a hole or something that you don't understand the context of, you have a judgment straight away. Totally right. So. That's one part of the story that we're going to talk about. The other part is, I think you had a stalker, didn't you? I've had two. I have had... I've had two stalkers. <laughs> I, will, I will remind the audience, it's not a competition. But yes, I have had <laughs> one stalker. <laughs> yeah, I had one stalker a long time ago. Um, and it was terrifying. And I, I think it is... Um, what comes up in a lot of the research is, uh, you know, w- what is stalking and whether it is, there is a perception that it's an external thing, that somebody's watching you. But it it can be, it can be within your own home as well, this kind <laughs> of, yeah, like, Plain. so if somebody is, you know, it's very linked to coercive control, that they're managing you through 
technology. So one of the stats um, that you uh, shared, Esther, was that 41% of victims of domestic abuse have said that there's a technological element to it. What does that mean? It means that it could be tracking, it could be following online, it could be, uh, you know, piggybacking on your own social media usage. I'm getting a visual that you are maybe talking about somebody who's in an abusive relationship who's been coercively controlled. Yes. Is that the same as talking? Well, they're they're citing it. They're citing it as being a related issue. And so if you and think... it's a tracking. It is a tracking, yeah. yeah. It's sort of a, a, um, a manipulation to, to manage control gotcha. using technology. And it is effectively stalking because they're following your every move. Um, and I think, you know, the, the bill is about to be enacted to cover uh, non... What is it called? Non... It is from Safe Ireland and... Well, no, the, the legal bill that, that Helen McEntee brought, the non-fatal oh, yeah. offences against the person, covers stalking um, as, as a crime. And that's that's through almost through all the phases of legislation now and it's going to be enacted in the autumn. Yeah. That's going to make a big difference. Yeah. Go back a second, because there was good old-fashioned stalking which involved pretty basic... But it is terrifying though, isn't it? Like, this, I remember when this bill was being enacted, there was a few interviews with Helen McEntee on various radio stations around the country and young women talking about their experience of talking. Oh my God, like it's... It's horrendous. It's horrendous, right? I suppose there's, so there's a number of different variations of what we're talking about. So let's start with our experience of it. And I, I think it's probably safe to say that both of our experiences are in the physical world yeah. mostly, right? So mine was, I was very, very young and, and green and I was living in Paris and at the time I was teaching English as a foreign language and it was a very weird setup. So I, it was over the phone Right. And there was a set of less, there was a lesson plan and the how to teach the lesson. So kind of train the trainer manual and then the lesson plan. And people could, um, it was a tax relief system that the French government had put in place that you got 50% tax back if you taught your employees uh, another language. Mm. Right. So it was all done through the companies that people worked for and they could either have a once a week lesson plan, twice a week, five times a week, whatever. This guy chose five days a week, Monday to Friday, lesson plan. And he took the last slot, which was 6pm, right? And what would happen invariably, and when I, I was only thinking about this as I was about to tell this story this morning, he, I would ring his house because he'd, he'd say, you know, I want to take the last slot. I want to do it for my home. Um, I'd ring his house. His wife would pick up the phone and she would say, oh, he's not home yet. And I said, okay. And this went on for a while. And then he suggested that I leave my number so he would ring me back, right? And he said, look, I'm never, I'm never going to be able to make it in by six. Let me, let me take your number and then I'll ring you when I get home. Naively, I thought, sure, well, why wouldn't I do that? And so every day we'd have this lesson and it was increasingly becoming a bit, my wife doesn't understand me, you know? And like, very weird to me that that was, if it, indeed it was his wife who answered the phone, you know, that she was okay with this as well, that for an hour each evening from sort of 6.30 to 7.30, he'd be on the phone to me. Anyway, one day I was out uh, frolicking in a fountain in Saint-Sulpice in Paris with my good friend Donna, having a grand old time of it, sun shining, Parisian summer. And I thought, you know what, I couldn't be arsed going back now to, to phone this fella for six o'clock. I'll phone him from a public phone and if he's not in, he's not in. We'll leave it at that. Right. So that's what I did. And the next day 
I rang him and for the first time in months, he was home at six. Right. And he he said, uh, where were you yesterday? And I said, oh, I was out. So I had to ring you from somebody else's phone. I'm really sorry. You know, I, I couldn't make it back to the house on time. He said, well, it's not good enough. And I said, excuse me. He said, well, I went to your house and you weren't there. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. And I was like, I got this total and... Because France had Minitel and all your kind of information was in the public domain, like your address and stuff like that through your records. And I remember getting such a panicky fright and rang my boss in the language school the next day. And uh, I said, oh, my God, I'm terrified. He came to my house. He was stalking me. He's he's I think he's obsessed. And she said, Buh. <laughs> she's French. She's just curious. Just meet him. Meet him somewhere. He just wants to see you. And I'm like, no, I don't want to meet him. And that was it. That was it. I said, okay, I'm, I'm handing him back. I don't want him as a client anymore. And that was the end of that. That was the end of that. And he stopped ringing. Well, yeah. I mean, he wasn't on my roster anymore. But it was, it was just such a m- moment, you know. And you think you're kind of just being, you know, accommodating to somebody. And, and before you know it, you've kind of let somebody in through a portal. Into, into your world. so And that was nothing, right? But it really, it really made me think about it, you know? Yeah. What was yours? Just somebody would turn up everywhere I was. This woman would turn up everywhere I was. And of course, I just don't join the dots, as you know. And uh, it was very, I mean, it, it, the, the difference between a man and a woman, a man being stopped by a woman, I never felt unsafe or threatened. So did it feel benign what she was doing? Or was, was there a little bit annoying, but but not malicious or no, it was. I honestly, it was sweet and a bit misguided because I think I was very obviously a homosexual. Still are, in fact. I was a I was an aerobics teacher <laughs> in like head to toe lycra, lycra you know, jumping around to J Lo. <laughs> I was just like really, and um, yeah, she just broke down one day and told me she was in love with me. And I was like, okay, do you want me to smell the cappuccino for you? Or, you you know, do you get it that I'm gay? She said, I don't mind. <laughs> but, That's but, hilarious. But that, well, that was for about two years. I, I just didn't notice. That's It's really interesting, though, isn't it? Free social media. So she... Hey, that's odd. That would be, have to be really relentless, like watching you leave your flat or whatever. No, well, well, basically where I thought she would come to and she would time it so she'd be on the bus at the same time as me and she would time it so that she'd be, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe stalking's too strong. She was just putting herself in my vision. But that does sound like stalking, stalking. But then you kind of think about, well, you know, stalking then well, is actually a gendered issue because you being stalked by a woman, woman Feels different, perhaps. I, no, but I was stalked by a man, and that was terrifying. Okay, go on. So, Tell us more. Yeah, that was awful. So, but, and this is even this is creepy. And so, I one of the first people I dated when I came out was this very nice older guy. Not when he was only probably thirty two or something, but I was twenty one, and he was actually a captain in the Irish Army. He was very handsome. And Big shout out to yeah. uh, <laughs> the Army. Oh, he's a, he, he, he was actually, yeah. He's like, when you think about it, he smuggled me into the barracks one night and everything. Oh, hello. So, so, so <laughs> Fodkin 7, 1970s, isn't it? But yeah, and um, I can't even remember. Sounds like name. Letter to Brezhnev. <laughs> can't even remember his name, actually, would you believe? And actually, I bumped into him. But, funny enough, I bumped into him about three years ago and he was like, you know, small finger in mouth going, oh my God, I was so into you. 
you were so, he had, you know, one day he was like, you were so good looking when you were younger. I was like, hmm? And he was like, how did you deal with that? I was like, what? He said, getting older. I was like, thanks. <laughs> like he actually said, That's what happened funny. to you? But anyway, not him. It wasn't him. His ex. So his ex was a very handsome guy who was kind of around on the scene. Yeah, the type. Who had, who were high, <laughs> no, who was older than me as well. Who, every time I was in Beauty's Cafe, we'd sit, do you remember the old woman who used to yeah. manage, what was her name? Oh, not, Cream buns. Not vinegar tits, but we used to call her vinegar tits. <laughs> but uh, she had a name like Shelley or Benson or something. This horrible, grumpy old woman. Remember upstairs on the yeah. mezzanine? The, yeah. We used to drink coffee in the mezzanine. Which Answers on a postcard. And uh, myself and Alan were there. And I noticed that he would be sitting there, the boy, ex-boyfriend, staring at me. And I, I didn't know he was the guy I was seeing his ex-boyfriend. I didn't know who he was. And he was just a very handsome guy, constantly staring at me. And he would, and then I'd be, and then we'd be out for a drink on Friday and I'd look across and there he'd be again. So I thought, I was, you know, small scene. I thought this guy fancies me and he wants, he wants to hit on me. And then I was out. Always wanted to take a positive. Well, it just, I, well, I just, he was, it was, it, I would never assume someone fancies me, but he was staring at yeah, me yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Follow me across the room, follow me back across the room. I couldn't but see it. And it was, that mezzanine is tiny. Seeing it. And then it went on for about four weeks. Every weekend he'd be there. And I was like, what's going on? And then I was like, maybe, anyway. And one night I was out with the guy I was dating and he went, oh my God, you're such and such. As and I was he was like, I said, that guy's been following me. And he was like, you're joking. And I was like, no, I'm not joking. He said, well, I ended really badly with him and he probably wants you dead. I was like, really? So I, I went over to the guy. I never forget, it was the Parliament pub. It's now called the Turks Head Chop House. And I said, well, hi. And he was like, mm, What? It was really rude. So I was like, all oh, right, he doesn't fancy me. Are you following me? And he was like, I'm just, I want to see what he, X, whatever man finds attractive about you. Oof. And I don't get it myself. I said, well, you're having a good, like, it was really weird. And, he, and after that, I was like, oh my God, you're weird. Mental. So yeah, that's like a scene from a movie, isn't it? Did it stop after that? Yeah. yeah that's yeah. interesting. And then he kind of. Facing up. I faced up to him, but then he kind of was around my social circle a bit. So I hated him, obviously. So horrible man. Um, I still see him. <laughs> no, but it's not. It's not a. It's no, not it's a not laughing a, matter. No, no, no. So no, that's no. the real. That's the physical side of it. But what I was, I'm more interested in the in generationally the way it's acceptable for you with young people who are probably using the internet or grown up with with Instagram as part of their lives much more find it much more acceptable to online stalk someone. Mm. That's what I find fascinating. So I've been in situations with say younger women who've gone. Oh, that one. Have you seen her, you know, have you seen her Instagram or have you seen her social media where they'd have a comment about it, which is much more acceptable, where we wouldn't necessarily dive into stalking somebody unless it was for research you're going to. In- so, for example, if I'm going to interview somebody, I always think it's very polite to go and find their Instagram and follow them before the. In- so it mm-hmm. means that you've, you're, it's a little. Social I, protocol. I had a little look at you and we're following each other now, which is always quite yeah. polite. I think it's a polite thing to do, right? It shows that you made an effort, really. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> Open up the lap, everyone goes. I'm really interested about. Other it's it's kind of the modern equivalent of polishing your shoes, really, isn't it? So you drew our attention to um, a couple of cases in the UK. Yeah, there was... Landmark case, longest ever sentence given to a stalker, nine years (gasps) for um, 
habitual and multiple stalking incidents with women in the UK. But what I thought was really interesting about that, there's a particular foundation, if anybody wants to know more, the Susie Lamplug Trust Mm. um, in the UK are dedicated to providing supports for victims of stalking. And one of the stats that they came up with was that 55% of convicted stalkers go on to reoffend, compared to 29% among all other offenders. So, you know, it begs the question, our bill is coming into legislation and into enactment in the autumn, which is presumably very soon. You're, what happens in the law now, and it's going to be setting precedence, somebody gets a conviction of whatever that may be, however many years, and... You know, he's 55% likely, or she, to reoffend well when they get out. So, you know, it's it's like a stay of execution nearly. Yeah. That you, ha- you, can, you can live with a sense of security for that period. Mm. But when that person gets out, um, the, the threat of, of yeah. that sort of non-violent uh, offence is still there. And because it's not like it's... Not, not like old-fashioned stalking where it's physical stalking. It's just for the person who is the stalker. It's just their phone is in their hand and it's like, it's so easy to And that's the other thing is it's not binary, right? So mm-hmm. I think what feels like stalking to one person could just feel like trying to be friendly to another. And I think that's mm-hmm. where it gets Because there's happened. no playbook. There's, well, so yeah, there's, but also, there's no rules written about what this looks like. Here's a great example. Prince Harry has re- released his book. Do you've seen it? It's called Spare. Yeah. yeah. It's a dreadful name. It's funny. It's really entitled, mm. right? And it's really, it, lots of young people saying, great name, The Air and The Spare and all the kinds of, it's a really needy title. And I think they're, the two of them are, exp- they're, they're very unsafe and they feel the mental health and they, they're expressing every element of exposure to being that generation and that age, right? So I think it'd be very easy to convince them you're stalking them. Because they're very sensitive, right? Whereas I think... Some but they're, they're in a high-risk category as well. No, but I, I'm talking about the kind of people that they are. So what I'm, I'm wondering is, and I'm, I'm saying, obviously, when you're a victim of something, you are a victim of something and you feel that and that's a fact. And I'm, I'm not in any way discounting that, but I'm saying, I'm, I'm sort of saying that sometimes a stalker probably doesn't obviously realise that being, they're being so obsessive and weird. Is that, is that a place even? And that's why it's blurry? Do you know what I mean? I, I, I think, sorry, sorry, I think I just we're to be clear, I'm saying that Obviously, the stalker is being a dope, but maybe sometimes they don't realise they're doing it. You get me? But, but yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily an, uh, a, a, a defensive day. argument, because I think I think probably if you look at where we are with the internet now, we're holding on to a runaway train. We've no idea what what has been created and how to manage it and harnessing it. Harness it. Um, the big tech giants are basically. Just, they're also holding on. They're not entirely sure what's happening either. It's it's kind of happening nearly despite them. And it's it's almost like we need to sit down. And, and that's, I suppose, what um, the what, what's being called for in in Europe is this kind of, you know, restrictions and and what's allowed and what's not allowed. Um, we, we don't we haven't created those rules yet, you know, and if you look at, say, the, tech devices like um, the Apple tag. They're, yeah. Like, I mean, it's... it's That's crazy. So that was originally yeah. designed um, to to be able to, you know... If you've lost your if you lost keys, your keys or, your, or your bike or your yeah. laptop or whatever, that the Apple tag would be on it and, and you'd be able to... Locate it. Locate it through an app or whatever. But there's this rising incidence of people using it to actually track people oh, without yeah. their knowledge because it's only a little device. They, yeah, they could just slip it into your pocket or if they, <laughs> they target you or they could stick it under your car or something like that and... 
Wowzers. So they have done some technological things to try and sh- mitigate against yeah. you get an alert to say pretty much all of the social media platforms have mm-hmm. some sort of loco- location setting. And, and even over and above the social media platforms, so many applications ask. Trackable. Yeah. So I, th- I think probably as, and we did a, a big piece around um, cybersecurity, mm-hmm. it's probably worth saying turn your location off. off. Yeah, you, you I know, uh, yeah, exactly. Unless you're, you know, w- want to share it with somebody in particular. Sometimes, but then your maps won't work, which is annoying. You have to turn it back on for maps. Yeah. But so back a step of what I'm saying, though, do you think sometimes there are personalities in the world who fixate on somebody and I love you and are stalking them online or, or in real life, but maybe don't realise they're being socially inept? Because I do think there are some people with maybe maybe more sensitive mental health issues that can end up being stalkery and and the perfect storm can happen. So it's really interesting that you say that because that case of that guy Hardy who got the nine years. Mm. He, See, that's why I'm, I'm, and you know I'm basing it on that you said that 55% of people will re-offend. Yeah. I'm thinking, is it something in them? That's yeah. What, you know. So that guy Hardy, um, as it happened, uh, had been diagnosed with Asperger's and autism. But his... Uh, defense lawyer said, and and I think his psych- psychological team had said that it's nothing to do with it. Uh, well, it's not. Mm. You know that that it, that is to say that you're kind of stamping people with specific as stalkery. Yeah, and that that's not necessarily the case. The people with autism and Aspergers don't, don't wish people harm as a definition of their grouping. Mm-hmm. So so this person had other aspects of their personality that led them to do what they did. So I think it's it's really. It's such a minefield. It is. Because you can't say, oh, because you have this, you'll do that. And because you have this, you're excused from bad behaviour. It's like, you know, I have a great friend, Gregory, who always says to his mother, old age is no excuse for bad behaviour. Mm. Just because you're older than me, <laughs> yeah. you know, it doesn't mean you can behave in a certain way. No, there have to, have to be guidelines for what's acceptable behaviour and what's not. And actually, I think that's what's missing. Mm. But yourself, because you've public facing profiles, do you, are you mindful of posting in real time or no. things that no you just you're like Whatever. so funny we we both read an amazing book called Superfans um, by a fantastic guy whose name of course I can't remember but did we, I read that book as well I Was think that the you did yes thing? yes yes yes, yes. you tell me yeah um, Put in the and, and for his last chapter Pat Irish name actually yeah, yeah his last chapter was how to deal with super van- fans when they when cross the line wrong. yeah yeah when it goes wrong Pat Flynn Pat Flynn and so his whole thing was don't have your own address in the public domain you know and I thought I thought that was really interesting because you know I, I don't I don't feel at risk at all. My profile wouldn't be as big as yours. Now, maybe you do feel at risk, Brandon. Ireland's village. It's different. It is. I think it is. It is, yeah. I different. think it is. So the individual behaviours are more visible. Um, but I suppose there is a little bit of kind of health and hygiene that needs to be observed just to make sure that you're, you know, mm-hmm. you're safe. So let's let's pull it right back from, because we seem to be obsessing on the, or not obsessing, sorry. We seem to be very, always very con- thinking about the victim then we were both describing ourselves as effectively victims right and this is what like put yourself as a teenager late teenagers early 20s right you start going out and you somebody you fancy you go and you stand in the place where you know they'll be right and, and you, you, that makes sense you know that, that scenario I'm describing where your friend says come with me to this thing this person's going to be there and I want to be <laughs> make me laugh <laughs> they're walking past you know all that kind of thing right 
Is that stalking? No. Well, who decides if it's not that person? God, that person's there every time. Every time I come to this pub, that person. Well, there. there's probably a definite. There's probably no, no, no. But I think there's a sensitive person who'd go. That's stalking. No. I think you'd, you'd want to be pretty damn coincidental. Oh my god! I can't <laughs> Just <Yeah>. giggle. <laughs> Esther, I'm surprised you didn't bring a definition of stalk, stalking to the table. Now that wouldn't be like you. Just very sorry. I can't <laughs> Google now. It's okay. What I'm is... good. A person who harasses or persecutes someone with unwanted and obsessive attention. Mm. A person who hunts game stealthily. Mm. And there's one, there's stalkingirelandhere.ie. Stalking is a pattern of fixated, obsessive, unwanted and repeated behaviour that causes you to feel distressed or scared. Stalking yeah. can happen That's with... or clear. It can happen with or without a fear of violence. Stalking can be per- perpetuated by anyone. So... So I think fancying somebody and pretending you're the funniest person in the universe completely is completely different. different. Yeah. So it's that kind of repeated, malicious intent, obsessive. Yeah, I suppose what I would, not to put too fine a point on it, but I wonder is there people in the world that would think that that was stalking if they didn't like it? Probably. Of course, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. And do you know who I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, though? There's people who go, oh, that guy's always here. Yeah, because he fancies you. No, he's stalking me. Well, he's not. This is a public place and he hasn't come near you. Mm-hmm. Although then, of course, he's on his phone and you walk by and he's looking at your, your TikTok. There's a couple of, one of the things that you, you mentioned, you mentioned um, the, the Safe Ireland Guide, mm-hmm. which is, is actually a fantastic thing for anybody who's looking for that as a resource. Um, created in association with National Cyber Security Awareness Task Force. Um, but there's... a there's Oh, and this is to do with online stalking. This is to do with Very online cool. and domestic. So, so so whether it's somebody outside of your, your own good. circle or inside. So there's a couple of watch outs. Um, so they're saying the things to look out for are when you're unexpectedly locked out of your accounts. Ooh, okay. To me. Um, devices slower to switch on, spike in data usage or battery life is poorer than usual. Uh, unknown financial transaction on accounts. Perpetrator has access to information he or she shouldn't, such as location. Insists on set sharing passwords or gaining physical access to devices. Sets up new camera or security system that seems unnecessary or gives the children new e- electronic gifts and insists that they are used. That doesn't sound nice, does it? No. And in Stalking Ireland here has um, just a little... A little, uh, this conversation is taking a sinister turn. <laughs> well, Get what ahead. did you expect with the episode I'm entitled Stalking? Stalking behaviour tends to be for, F-O-U-R, fixated, obsessive, unwanted and repeated. And if you're in danger or someone you love is in danger, of course call 999, call the emergency service. But I, I, and, and just to, you know, dwell a minute on the seriousness of it, I did hear, as I said, a couple of interviews and it was harrowing. Oh, it's horrendous. Oh. And I, when Women, it, when Women's goes, Aid have a fantastic support uh, um, system for, for people who are, who, who believe they're yes. being stalked. So get on to Women's Aid. They do amazing work. And, and the stories I heard were before it was even really considered a crime. It was just like, oh, relax. He's just fancies you. Or, you know, it was that kind but of... But sure, it's not that long ago since, you know, the guards, if they were called to... Uh, Domestic abuse. Yeah. yeah. It would say, oh, it's just a domestic. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's not okay anymore. No. no. At and least we're kind of evolving a little bit, you know? Yeah, we're learning. But it, and now, with, with online stalking as well, the person who is being stalked 
can't relax ever because it's like our social lives are online as well. But every time they open their laptop and blah, 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 they could, you know, they're in fear. Sonia's. I, I just remember, I went through about three years. Now, if my phone rings and the person is on the other end of the phone now, after the, I'm, I swear to God. Somebody, every time you mention their name. No, 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 no. Somebody for about three years, I would say roughly once a month, would ring my phone and this is what I get on the other end of the phone. Hello, Brida! And I'd be like, <laughs> That's funny. Hello, Brida! That's me, son. <laughs> it went on for years. And did you go, hi? Or did they just hang up and yeah, I mean, I think at the beginning I was like, this isn't Brida. Yeah, and then it just... It, it, but it was we, it was weird. Like it wasn't like a wrong number. It was somebody deciding that they yeah. were going to do this. You just you just reminded me of a very funny story. I once had people back to my house after a night out, and this guy robbed my brand new Silver <gasps> Ghost Nikes. He was really into Nikes, and uh, he put them under his arm and marched out. And I didn't notice till the next day. And he, but he left his MP3 player, so he had to come back, right? And and it was because his MP3 player was more more than my. That's Nikes. very funny. So I was like, he rang me, and I was like, you bring back my Nikes. I, honestly, he, he probably will walk by here. Every single time I've told the story, he's walked past me. That's hilarious. So I told the story once in Wayne's Nightclub, the Cock, which was in you know Soho, and he walked past me. I was That's, like, That's hilarious. Him. I was telling, and the yeah. third time it happened, he walked over and said, "Can you stop telling that story?" <laughs> <laughs> like random in London just walk past sign you. up to the newsletter to be named and shamed <laughs> can you stop telling that story the third time it happened I was like, there's Maggie Thief <laughs> that's very funny so maybe that's what we should put on the t-shirt can you stop telling that story yeah. oh yeah that's a good one isn't yeah. it yeah. Yeah. I like that aspect. I have a limited repertoire I can't stop telling that story <laughs> I'm on a loop <laughs> Oh, look, a new audience. <laughs> Same stories, new audience. Just move your audience. The Lennon Courtney podcast is an Exceed Prudential production created by Sonia Lennon and Brendan Courtney. Episodes are produced by EOMD Productions. Social media intern is Sean Buggy. Rah!